Hey, welcome, folks, to the Onto Waveland podcast. It's the Athletics Cubs podcast. I am your scratchy voice uh, host, Brett Taylor. Uh, did a lot of, just did a fair bit of screaming this weekend. You know, Cubs scored a lot of runs. I had to do a lot of screaming and then, you know, a little Bears action last night. But uh, I'm here, as always, with Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney from The Athletic. And we are here to talk about all things Cubs, good and bad. Uh, obviously, a lot of good this weekend. Essentially, a record-scoring weekend for the Cubs, but um, against the backdrop of a pretty devastating uh, potential injury, devastating in terms of the impact on the team, hopefully not devastating in terms of the impact on the player himself. Uh, so let's start there. Do you, Why don't one of you guys kind of... I mean, I'm sure everyone knows at this point that Anthony Rizzo got hurt, but like, kind of set that up in terms of what happened what the reaction was like uh, inside the clubhouse and where the Cubs go from here. We are pending some additional information. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is getting an MRI today and that should provide some more details about his time out, but you know how it looked and, and the significant pain that he was in and, and where we are in the season. It's reasonable to presume he's going to miss some serious time in a way that the Cubs are going to have to account for. So yeah, I just want to throw it to one of you guys to kind of talk about what happened, what the reaction is, and then where the Cubs go from here with respect to that injury. Yeah, I mean, well, everyone saw what happened, and I think you were in the ballpark too, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Brett, yeah, so, I mean, you felt it then, and I think that's the the feeling around the ballpark, which I really haven't seen it like that, to be honest. Uh, maybe in some of those devastating playoff moments, uh, or, you know, moments where it, it just seems like nothing, either it's dead because nobody's into it or because something devastating just happened. That's the feeling that it was. I mean, you see Rizzo like that. I don't think we've ever really seen him vulnerable like that. He's the, he's one of the few guys that really, I mean, when he's injured, you don't see him in pain, right? We've never right. seen that happen to him. We've never seen him. It's always been the back. Uh, maybe I'm missing forgetting another injury for him, but he's always been that guy that's out there pretty much. Uh, so to see him like that and see everyone around him, uh, it was it was hard to watch at the moment. But then, you know, the the I mean, the, the immediate aftermath, too, you could tell that the team was out of sync. Uh, Quintana kind of lost it immediately. Uh, they they put up five runs. The Pirates did. And it looked like, oh, man, is that going to be one of those like gut punch losses, gut punch loss? Because I remember talking to someone before the game. It's like. I mean, the Cubs have dominated these first two games. If the Pirates win on Sunday, it's all for naught because the Cubs can't lose these games right now. They can't be losing to bad teams. Obviously, we know what happened. They bounced back uh, impressively. Uh, but, yeah, in the clubhouse, I would say it wasn't like this, you know, devastated clubhouse. But uh, Joe was honest and said, yeah, that's a tough blow. It's, I mean, they lose Javi and then Rizzo. Basically, the two guys that are kind of like a heart and soul, right? Uh very very energetic players i i feel i felt like one of the images of the weekend was rizzo jumping into lester's arms and that was one of those like oh they're loosening up moments they're they're enjoying themselves they're, they're not done yet and uh and then for him to go down it was hard bryant was very honest he's like listen we got to pick it up but this is hard this is not good it's hard to see him like that we felt it we felt what the fans felt 
it was it was very tough to to keep playing because he's our guy. He's uh, you know he's one of their leaders and he's one of the guys that that they kind of look to to set the tone on offense. Uh, I think that's where the biggest issue right there. I mean, look up and down this lineup. Everybody's performing right now, and it really as as weird as it as it may be to think about. I mean, they kind of figured things out finally at the top of the order with Rizzo there. Just Joe wasn't going to keep messing with the lineup anymore. He felt good with it. He knew Rizzo was fine with it. Rizzo had an above 500 on base percentage, whatever, in a handful of five, six, seven games, whatever it was there. And and they just felt locked in, right? Yes, it's the Pirates. The Pirates are abysmal right now. And the Cubs did what they should and more to them on offense. But everybody's hit. Everybody in the up and down the lineup. Nico's been a nice little spark plug. Uh, I guess it just needs to continue, right? Hayward out of the leadoff spot is hitting again. Uh, Castellanos is on fire still. Bryant is just, it's like, what was that? That's the most magic cortisone shot ever. Uh, he's he's just he he looks like it. I mean, and it makes and me think put, like, what would he have been if he was all se- healthy all season, right? He'd be. And they put a little bit of that into Rizzo's ankle, like is it yeah, that easy? Right. Maybe just shove a little in there and boom. So I mean, but up and down the lineup, it's looked good, and Zobrist getting time off, and that's another thing that happened this weekend was they didn't have to play everybody all you know all nine innings. Every game they got they rested guys. I, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Going forward, Rizzo was really just it just felt nice to see him up top, seeing pitches, taking walks, starting off the game on a right on the right note. And it felt like it kind of fed the team. We'll see how it goes going forward. We'll see if Zoe's up there. I assume that's what uh, Joe's going to do on days that Zoe plays. Uh, but but there were a lot of good things, good vibes going on. And, and of course, uh, you know, this is. What they've had Wilson out for a month. They've had, I mean, Baez is out for the rest of the regular season at least, and now Rizzo we assume is going to be out for for a while. Uh, I I'd be surprised if he's back for the regular season. Weirder things have happened. We've gotten good news in the past, but I mean that that's really hard. That's all of his weight coming down on an ankle that you know just completely buckled. I always thought with Rizzo would be taking like one of those hundred mile an hour fastballs off his arm. And that's where, you know, he'd miss an extended amount of time. Cause you're right. It's always just been this, you know, kind of quiet announcements off to the side of, you know, Rizzo's back flared up again. It's in a different spot, but it's kind of like what he's had before. And, you know, we think with some rest, we can loosen it back up. And uh, just in reading, you know, kind of your descriptions, uh, listening to your take, it just seems like kind of the air was let out of, uh, Wrigley Field, and it makes you wonder if this is just kind of one of those years. Uh, I think in listening to you know Theo throughout uh, these last several months, if not years, I I think his reaction on some level be, will be like, "Well, our team should have built a bigger cushion to withstand a loss like that in the final two weeks of the season." Uh, being at Wrigley Field, it was impossible to escape. Uh, you know, the questions to, to Joe Madden um, about, you know, could this be his last stand as uh, Cubs manager um, at Wrigley Field? And I think it'll uh, be very interesting to see, you know, what they decide, you know, obviously, but also in light of uh, all these injuries we described, uh, all these key players going down. And if the Cubs do manage to sneak into the playoffs, I mean, they do have a realistic shot at, you know, winning the division right now. 
if that does happen, how kind of this finish will be you know judged by the front office? Yeah, I think that's going to make for a very interesting post conversation. It, to what extent the injuries that you know the Cubs haven't had a particularly healthy year. I mean, almost everybody of consequence has missed time significantly or had performance impacted significantly. And yet, um, you know, as Theo Epstein himself said, it's even when the Cubs were healthy, they were not taking advantage of stretches in the schedule where they could have padded that lead. And so it doesn't feel like anybody's going to have an interest in begging off whatever happens from here, if it's not great, it just doesn't feel like anybody's going to have interest in saying, yeah, but I mean, they lost Javi, they lost Rizzo, they lost Craig Kimbrell. Um, and and it, you do, what you don't want to see is any of the issues that we've been talking about for months that need addressing in the off season. You don't want those to get papered over with some eyewash to mix my metaphors it, of the injuries for it to be like, well, actually, now that we look back, it was this and this, and then just a really tough ending because of these injuries. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but these are, these are significant blows that, um, you know, better teams have been felled by losing a guy uh, in Javi and then another guy in Rizzo. When, when you consider what the Cubs have to replace in Rizzo, I mean, they've got, obviously a lot of additional thunder available to deploy and they have guys who are versatile enough to rotate around and cover the spot, but you're not replacing Rizzo's bat with anyone who's going to be taking those at bats, just sort of from an overall production standpoint, you're not replacing that. Then you've got the fact that he was, as Sahadev said, looking like maybe they just had finally figured it out at the top of the order that like, just let Rizzo do it. And as we've seen, uh, the rest of this year, the, you're not replacing him at the top of the order specifically because that's been a, such a terribly sore spot for the Cubs this year. And then moreover, you're not replacing his defense at first base. Uh, I think there's guys who can, again, fill in ably. Ian Happ has at times looked surprisingly uh, competent at first base, but it's not Rizzo. You're going to lose... <clears throat> you're going to lose a ball into the dirt uh, at some point because you're just not going to have the same ability out there as Rizzo. You're going to have a little bit different feeling bunts, all these things uh, to say nothing of his presence in the clubhouse. And so um, it, I, I almost want to have it both ways. I want to, I want the Cubs not to view this as any kind of excuse for what comes next in terms of their roster decisions um, and managerial decisions and coaching decisions and front office decisions. But I do want us to be fair in acknowledging that this is a potentially really dramatic blow on top of a couple other really serious injuries. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're spot on there. You can't, I mean, you kind of want to have it both ways, but I think you're right. You know, I think it's, you kind of have to look at it like, well, this, you know, maybe it was kind of coming together and they never really got to have that run with the team uh, in full with Zoberist and Nico, uh, two elements that are so different from the rest of the lineup that they really do help make it a different group, uh, you know, add Castellanos into that mix. And it's and it's a very different looking group when healthy. Uh, I, I think for me, what it says is uh, this team isn't that far off 
from being getting back to that top level. Everyone, there, there's a lot of hand wringing about this is over and that this window is closing. Obviously, you know, after I'm talking about after this season, that you know that that this is coming to an end far sooner than people uh, imagine, type thing. And the reality is, they they have to nail the offseason. But if they do, they make the right moves fix up the rotation a little bit and and make sure to get the, keep the right people and, and kind of make some moves to to keep this offense uh, a little more you know keeping that diverse offense together in some way there's there's a way that they can keep this going and and make sure that this isn't just okay let's wait for as Theo has said let, let's wait for the next great Cubs team you know building the next great Cubs team you could still have a few more runs with this group if you do it properly. Uh, they, they've they've struggled. <laughs> Obviously, there's no denying. You you look at their off seasons uh, of recent past, and and they're not great. They're you know Darvish is finally starting to look like a a good signing, but that's a year and a half of uh, you know loss right there. Tyler Chatwood is is valuable, uh, but in you know in in a role that you probably don't want to be paying someone. What is he making? Thirteen million a year to be the, you know, swing man. And he's been great as spot starter. He's, he's been really solid for them. But these are roles that you you want to be able to develop guys for, right? Or or just, uh, you know, have someone that you, you pick up off the scrap heap that's able to to do this for almost the league minimum or, or much less than half of what uh, Chatwood's making. So it's, a, it's going to lead to, you're right, you don't want this to end up being like, well... Like just like last year, well, they won 95 games, and that was without Darvish, and Contreras was off all year, and Bryant was hurt. No, this can't be an excuse making offseason again. That that changes need to happen at some point, but it's also it's also interesting because it was that weekend as bad as the Pirates are. It was interesting to see them just get the job done, something that they didn't. They just weren't doing enough uh, as the losses you know, piled up. That's kind of what you saw. It's like, well, they should be beating these teams. I don't, I don't see any way that like as an organization, the Cubs talk themselves into, well, if only player X, Y, and Z were healthy for a longer stretch. um, I really do think it's, they're going to look at, you know, this weekend of the Pittsburgh of like, well, where was this all season? How come this team didn't uh, build in, you know, a greater margin for error, knowing that injuries happen um, all the time and kind of jumping on bad teams. Uh, those, I think it was Dale, Sw- the tack on runs that Dale Swaim likes like to talk about. I mean, just things like that, that had just been missing for huge um, stretches of the year. But I do think that, um, you know, whether it's Rizzo's injury, um, whatever extent it is, um, all these other issues that we've talked about, it will have to be part of kind of the public discussion of, you know, whether it's us, the newspapers, TV, radio, the rest of the baseball industry of looking at um, kind of the arc of this Cubs team, uh, potentially the end of Joe Madden's tenure here or, um, you know, how he kind of uh, gets better as part of this next window or how it transfers to maybe uh, his next job. And I realize we're getting, you know, way far ahead of ourselves, but the Cubs have kind of teed it up this way. You know, I mean, there was no, they haven't really built in kind of a mulligan season um, 
which I think in most other places and almost any other era of Cubs baseball, I mean, this homestand would be people be going, you know, super excited um, to, to witness something like this. Whereas uh, now it's a lot of the second half uh, post trade deadline has felt like kind of the, um, you know, countdown towards like, you know, the, the reckoning uh, final judgment or whatever uh, we're going to put in all caps and call it um, once the season ends. But uh, it's certainly another data point that, you know, maybe the Cubs aren't going to cling to, but I think a lot of you know people who are uh, invested in this team, who are interested in this team, um, who work in the baseball industry, are going to be trying to figure out you know what happened to the Cubs. It is kind of amazing to think about how much has happened. Again, these injuries that we're talking about, the um, incredible explosion of offense this weekend, the various highs and lows, where they are in the standings. All of these things are would be would be potentially transformative to the way that people talk about this team. And yet, exactly like you said, it feels like we're still very much in that mode of like, well, you know, we're just going to we're going to see what happens the rest of the way. They kind of are what they are. You know, they, they OK, they have some injuries. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then they'll get to work. And I think that's still right. It's just it's just interesting how. A weekend like this with, again, such dramatic um, data points, the injury and the scoring, just doesn't really move the needle in terms of um, where we are in observing what this team is. Um, and I don't know that, uh, you know, you, you learn from the past, so I guess it would be too bold to say that that's going to change anything that happens in the next two weeks. And um obviously a, a shocking World Series run notwithstanding, I think that we'll find in looking back that uh, it, it, it'll it just be this second half malaise that I think that is going to, is what will mark our understanding of what this year was. But to bring it back a little bit nearer term and um, just to note the, the, the positive potentials, the Cubs have pulled within two games of the Cardinals, which was kind of, uh, you know, I'd always had checkmarked in my mind as where they would need to be when the four-game series against the Cardinals at Wrigley starts this weekend. If they can be within two games, well, then if you win that series 3-1, you're, you're suddenly tied. And uh, I think that's perfectly plausible, even, even factoring in the loss of Rizzo, if he is indeed down for that series. I think that it's plausible that could happen. And, and with the Cardinals facing the Nationals this week and Strasburg, Corbin, Scherzer, uh, it is entirely plausible they could lose several games this week before that series starts. And so for now, you just you focus on the Cubs playing the Reds, a team that has kind of owned them this year uh, for <laughs> reasons both understandable and ridiculous. And so um, you hope they can uh, keep the startlingly good offense flowing. It would help if perhaps the Reds wanted to give uh, some late inning looks to some young guys, uh, you know, they want to figure out the, the back of their 40 man roster for the future. Maybe, maybe they wouldn't mind doing a little experimenting on that. That, that might help. I think that certainly uh, for the pirates that helped the Cubs. Well, and they, they miss Luis Castillo, which is, which is huge in my opinion. Uh, they, they get their, Sonny Gray, but Darvish is on the mound for the Cubs for that game. So you have your best pitcher, your hottest pitcher on the mound against 
uh, Sonny Gray, who who's looked great this year, and you know, and then like you mentioned, the the Cardinals have three really tough pitchers that they have to go up against over the next three days. Of course, the Cubs uh, start that series going up against Jack Flaherty, so it's not like it's all getting a bunch of breaks. It's going to be, it's going to be. I'm really curious to see how the offense responds, honestly. I want to see how they do tomorrow against Gray. I want to see what they have to do against Flaherty. Uh, it, it looks like an interesting offense right now, but, I mean, what, last time you guys recorded without me, it, they had just lost 5 of 6 uh, to a Brewers team that I think all of us kind of agreed was supposed to fade and and a Padres team that looked like it had you know stopped competing on Monday when I watched Monday I was like what is this Padres team doing <laughs> they're just like giving them free base hits giving like it looked like they were completely disinterested and then they win two games you know so it, it was it was an odd odd week there so I mean it's again it's it's these swings of a season uh I guess when you put up a weekend of offense like you do that it does intrigue slightly but it's it's uh it's still more, you know, more like, okay, show it to me again. Prove me, prove us wrong now, I guess, is where we're at, right? I like Brett's line of both understandable and ridiculous. I feel that kind of encapsulates <laughs> all of the issues surrounding this team and all of the kind of psychobabble that uh, both the Cubs and us in the media space have talked ourselves into whether it's the Cubs are uninspired or they're playing too uptight or they're not urgent enough or they're too urgent <laughs> or, you know, injuries uh, happen to everyone. But, you know, the Brewers uh, somehow, you know, find a way without Christian Yelich. And, um, yeah, I, the games uh, the games matter uh, in September. We I think Brett's right. Uh, I know I'm guilty of it sometimes of just being like, all right, like let's get the season over with so we can like get down to what's actually going to happen to this team. But I think maybe uh, depending on how they perform against the Reds, and I'm guessing uh, this weekend with the Cardinals coming into town, it should be like an awesome, you know, playoff type atmosphere. Maybe you know Madden. We didn't get it against the Pirates. Those like great fireworks of Joe you know, calling out Tony Soprano on the other side. I'm hoping for that as a nice kind of coming full circle of him uh, trolling the Cardinals, um, you know, from one September uh, to another. So that's, you know, not rooting for anyone to get hurt, obviously. But, you know, if I want fireworks uh, for Cubs Cardinals at Wrigley uh, this weekend, as if for only to just remind myself that these games uh, do matter, and we have to pay attention to what's in front of us right now. Well, that sounds good, and uh, we'll actually <laughs> be back at you folks that that Thursday morning uh, when that series gets underway, and I think it'll be a good opportunity to do exactly what Patrick said, which is is frame that series as that kind of late September critical Cubs-Cardinals uh, fighting for the division, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that'll make for a good opportunity, assuming the Cubs don't get swept by the Reds and the Cardinals don't sweep the Nationals, in which case it becomes sort of a dire, gotta sweep them uh, festival of despair. So <laughs> we'll see. It's, uh, it's, uh, 
<laughs> it got this, dark. Yeah, this has Festival of Despair is also a good yeah. episode title. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. What? Festival of Despair. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Just came up with that. See, this team, if nothing else, they may be uninspired at times, but they but inspire us inspired. Yeah. to come up with new and colorful ways to describe the doom. Uh, <laughs> all right. So thanks, folks, for listening. We'll see you Thursday morning, uh, next episode of Onto Waveland. I'm Brett Taylor. You can read my stuff at Bleacher Nation. Uh, that's Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. You can read their stuff at The Athletic. And we appreciate you guys listening to this, uh, this festival of despair and participating with us on the carousel of awfulness. And we will talk to you again soon. Much love. Hey there, listeners. We are excited to share some big news. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that we know you are going to love. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, co-hosts Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead. Subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you there. And check out theathletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on The Lead. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. That's the buzzer. Oh, he knocks it down. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guy. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I have never seen anything like that. The lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Oh, what a level that. The lead. Sports up close. <laughs>